Everybody good? Hey, I just want to let you know that we are fasting as a church right now. <laughs> On your way out today, you can grab one of these books. I just want you to know it's not too late to start. If you are not yet joining us, don't think, oh, well, I missed the beginning. It's not like that. You can start right now. And I, I also want to remind you that as much as, as fasting is something that's uh, personal and we're not supposed to blast it and Jesus teaches us not to, our motivation to be, to be seen by other people, but most of the fasts in the Bible were corporate. They, communities of people would do them together. And so that's what we're doing as we seek the Lord, both for ourselves as individuals, for our church, for our nation, uh, many things. And, and if you just don't have something that's a burden on your heart that, to pray for, just ask us. We got lots of stuff you could pray for. So, No, yeah, we, we, we do. We have a lot. So please consider uh, joining us. It, something special happens when a community of people does that together. Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, we're in this series right now called Super Normal, and just for the record, Jesus thought that it was a, a super normal thing to fast. When he teaches on it, he actually makes an assumption. He says, and when you fast. He doesn't even teach you should fast. He says, and when you fast. So that's just his assumption, not mine. So anyway, I have the opportunity to, tonight to share on a specific subject. My assignment tonight is to share on the biblical theme of prophecy. And so I recognize in a room like this and in a, in a church like Heart of the City, we're so blessed that uh, there's so many new people coming into the family of faith. And there's people in this room that have probably been following Jesus for your whole life. Probably, you know, you met Jesus when you were a kid. There's people here that you don't even know Jesus yet. And if that's you, we're glad that you're here. You're in the right place. There's, there's people that maybe you've been following the Lord for, we had 623 commitments in 2020. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, even in 2020. And so we just recognize people are all over. And so you may not, you may be here, you don't even know really what that is. Well, 26.8% of the Bible is prophecy. Did you know that? Yeah, I looked up the stat, 26.8. And so it's actually a significant theme all throughout the scriptures that we ought to know about. I remember when I went to my first, let me ask you like this. Raise your hand if you've never been to the sound. If you've never been to the sound, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's you. Never been to the sound. Handful of people. So the sound is coming up in two weeks from now. They referenced it in the video announcements. It's, it's our prophetic weekend. And so we're bringing in prophetically gifted people. It's, it's, it's one of the funnest weekends of the year. If you have been there, it's, it's amazing. But I, what, I, what I really view as my job tonight is to educate and prepare you so your experience in two weeks and beyond can be more fruitful in regards to what God's heart is in the prophetic for your life. Okay? I'm going to repeat that because it's, it's really important that you get this. I view my job tonight to educate and prepare you so that when you experience it, you can better receive it. You know, sometimes in life, if you, if you don't know something what you experience is going to come off differently. I'll give you an example. I just this week saw a message. Uh, Logan sent it to me. Does anybody know who John Piper is? He's a preacher, a pretty stoic guy, amazing theologian. I mean, he's an he's a amazing preacher. But he was speaking at this conference, and the screen behind him, his title said, John Piper, comedian. 
Everybody in the room thought that this was the comedian section of the conference. And so, and if you know John, he's not like a, a charismatic, I mean, he, he's passionate, but he's not like a charismatic. So he gets up there and he says, well, I just need you guys all to know that I'm a sinner. And everybody just starts busting up laughing. And he's like, you are a weird crowd. And they're just laughing and laughing. And, and he's just like trying to preach a sermon. And they're busting up at him. And he's like, I, he was so confused. But it's because what they believed about the moment was affecting the experience of the moment. Right? right? So, so just because you experience something, what you think about that something actually does affect what it is that's happening. I'll give you one more example. Uh, somebody just this week asked me to review their book. They're releasing a book and write a little thing on it. And she said, just read four chapters. And if, if you want to read the other ones, you can. And, and I, wrote, I was writing back to her and I said, I'll read those chapters and I'll peruse the rest of it. But because I'm such a bad speller, I didn't know how to spell peruse. And so I looked it up, and then I noticed the definition of peruse is the exact opposite of what I thought it was. What I thought, you know, you go in a store, oh, can I help you? No, we're just perusing around. I thought it just meant like briefly look at, but the definition of peruse is like really focus on and look at. And so if I were to get, give her book back to her, having not perused those chapters, her experience of that situation would have been the exact opposite of the message I thought I was sending. Are you tracking with me? Okay, let's get into the Bible. I, 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 I need to, I'm gonna cover stuff. Can you go to the next slide, please? Thank you. Uh, yes, that one. Just like Paul, this is what he says to the church in Corinth. He says, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. And so my heart in, in regards to prophecy is to do my best to inform you. Now, I don't know everything. I'm not uh, perfect or the greatest theologian, but I have, I've studied this out, especially this week, because normally I would preach a message on like one passage, and that's just the way that I preach, typically, if you've heard me preach. But I really felt like this week that God wanted me to, as best I can in 25 minutes, give a comprehensive overview of what the prophetic is all throughout the Bible. So obviously that could be a whole course, but I'm gonna do my best to, to sort of from the beginning to the end and what it is in the Old Testament and what it is now. And again, because I want you to be educated so that you can experience it both at the sound and in life because in my opinion, prophecy should be super normal. Prophecy should be super normal. I came to my first sound in 2012 very skeptical. You may have heard my story before. I didn't, I didn't believe it. I didn't, I, in fact, I was, I was pretty, pretty jaded about it because I thought I had experienced some shady expressions of it. Now, I may have, I may not have, but that was my filter at the time. And so if you're maybe like questioning a little, I don't know about all this stuff, but it's okay. I've been there too. I know how you feel. But I stood at the back of that sanctuary and I said in my heart, God, if it's from you, I want it. If it's man-made, I want nothing to do with it. But if but if it's from you, I want it. And that weekend in 2012, God showed up in my life and absolutely changed my life based on an experience. There's something special that happens after sitting in 52 sermons a year, hearing the word of God, by the way, the word of God preached to you, but when God speaks directly to your heart, like a wink from heaven saying, I see you, something special happens. And so... I'm going, to get, I'm, I'm going to start with a definition and a premise, and then we're going to jump right in. So definition, now there's many out there. 
uh, uh, this is just my definition, so go with me. This is my definition of prophecy, at least for tonight's purposes. Prophecy is one's or somebody's ability to speak truth from the heart of God about the past, present, or future. Okay, it's not just telling the future. It's, it's simply the truth from God's heart about the past, maybe something in the past, about what's going on right now, and it might be about the future. So that's the definition that I'm working off of today, and I need to start with this premise just so we're on the same page. There are differences between Old Testament, Old Covenant prophecy, and New Testament or modern age prophecy. So for tonight's purposes, Old Testament is the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and the New Testament is everything from Jesus to us and right now and beyond. Are we good? Okay, let's go. Number one, 10 things that you need to know about prophecy. And by the way, if you want to take notes and you want an easy way to do that, just go to the Uversion uh, app and it's all in there, all the notes and the little places where you could type and all that. It's a really great tool. You can hit the live button and you can find what we have or you can use a paper and pen. But Okay, here we go. Uh, Prophets in the Old Testament had a specific role. And I, I'm, I'm, there's going to be two points on Old Testament prophecy. And what's really, really important is that we don't judge New Testament expressions of prophecy based on Old Testament standards. There is a difference, okay? So Old Testament prophets had a specific role. Their primary umbrella role was to be a covenant enforcer. That's what the job of a prophet in the Old Testament was. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Mike, you know that. I mean, major and minor prophets, their job was to be covenant enforcers. And these are basically, this is basically what that means. Now, let's tell you straight up. Not because God lines this out in the scripture and describes that this is their role. I glean this information from what I see basically practiced in the Old, Bible, in the Old Testament, okay? So this is where I get my definitions from. Uh, what we see basically throughout the, the scriptures. Old Testament prophets informed people of God's will. Old Testament prophets proclaimed the path of blessing in following God's will, and they also uh, preached and proclaimed the path of consequences when people disobeyed God's will. And if you've ever read the Old Testament, just because people are people just like you and I, Oftentimes, they were proclaiming consequences because people are, quite honestly, disobedient, just like you and I. And so this is, but this is what the prophets, so you might read Old Testament prophecy and think, man, it's really negative tone. They didn't want a negative tone. God never wanted it. They were God's spokesperson, but if they weren't going to follow God's positive will for their life, then their job was to proclaim the consequences of what's going to happen if you disobey. Three. We see them serve as counselors to kings and to rulers. That's just oftentimes what they would do. And four, they would foretell uh, future outcomes of current events and the future reality of the coming Messiah. Okay, so this is what we see in Old Testament prophecy. Or uh, for those in the office of an Old Testament prophet. Next slide, please. Number two. There was a strictness to the office in the Old Testament, okay? Only certain people were called to be prophets and gifted in this way. Now, I have, I have some theories as to why that was the case. Um, I, don't, I don't know explicitly why. I'm sure different people have different theories. But 
I think at least one reason is because the way that the Holy Spirit operated in the Old Testament covenant time is that the Spirit of God literally dwelt above or in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. And you might think, well, what? That's weird, but that's just how, that's, ask God when you die. I don't know. That's why he, he did it for whatever reason he wanted to do it. That's where the Spirit of God was. But the Spirit of God would come upon certain people in order to do certain things, and one of those roles was to be a prophet. And so not everybody necessarily could just say, well, that's going to be my gift. God ordained certain people for that role at that time. And there was a death penalty uh, for a prophet that turned people to other gods. You would find this in Deuteronomy 13. And for speakers that spoke false prophecy. And sort of the rule of thumb for that would be if something did not come to pass, it was considered false prophecy. And both of those carried the death penalty at the time. So this, this part right here specifically is what I want to just make sure you have in your mind. That is an Old Testament prophet covenant, okay? We're not, we don't judge New Testament and modern day expressions based on the Old Testament office, okay? Number three, prophecy, all the rest are, are, are basically what we're living in now. So you could, and, and, and if you're not like an academic type and you're thinking, well, this is really like teaching oriented, don't check out on me. I, I, I promise this is, this is, this is going to be good for your life, Okay? So stick with me. Prophecy in the New Testament and in the modern church era has a specific purpose as well. Remember, Old Testament prophets had specific role. New Testament prophecy has a specific purpose as well. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. 1 Corinthians 14.3. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up so if you're speaking in your own personal prayer language, you may not even know what you're saying, but you're building up your own spirit, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. That's the people, right? Not the building, but the people. Okay, so, so first of all, we, we see that prophecy is, is still a thing in the New Testament, and, and it's for the sake of encouraging and building up. Number three, what then, brothers, when you come together and each one of you has a hymn or a lesson or a revelation or a tongue or an interpretation, let all things be done for building up. You've seen a pattern here. It's all about building other people up because a tongue is for you, but prophecy is for the church. And number four, for you can all prophesy one by one. Why? So that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Okay, you, you got the theme? We're talking about encouraging. We're talking about exhorting. We're talking about building up. Now, that does not mean that in the New Testament and the modern era, that does not mean that somebody may not get a word from the Lord that's challenging to you. Now, remember that the world's definition of love right now is anything that makes me feel good. I mean, we, 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 we have to get this. Love is not just what makes you feel good. If you're walking towards a cliff and I grab you and I dislocate your shoulder and you say, it's not loving. Not, yes, it is loving. Right? Telling people the truth is loving. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? And so what you probably won't see in two weekends from now is a negative 
or, or more challenging or privately challenging prophecies spoken out loud in front of the church, because why? That wouldn't necessarily be edifying to you, but we know that when a prophet comes and they feel the Lord, because if the Lord speaks, they're gonna speak, they'll pull them aside and they'll say, I know this is a challenging word, but this is what I'm hearing the Lord say. And so I just wanna make sure you don't think that all that they're coming to do is just fluff you up and talk. Like, they're speaking from God, but corporately, y'all don't need to know somebody's, you know, business, right? But I just wanna make sure that it's also understood that just be, like the, the, the primary role is, is encouragement and building up, but sometimes that includes not, not a calling out, but a, a calling up out of something. Make sense? Okay, moving on. Number four, perfection is not an absolute sign in the New Testament and the modern church. Perfection is not the absolute sign of verification for the authenticity of a prophetic person or a prophetic word. Listen to this. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. Why would that be needed if a prophet's only gonna speak absolutely perfect every time? Okay, it's important that we weigh what is said. Next verse. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. This is what we, this is the way we say, eat the meat and spit out the bones. Okay, listen, not every word maybe is gonna be perfect, but just because you receive a word and you think in your spirit in the moment that's off doesn't mean that in five years or in five months or in 50 years, doesn't mean that that word might resonate with you then and come to pass. And so you have to, you have to receive the prophetic word now and you have, to, you have to have a community of people around you and bounce it off. Them. What, what do you think about? What is your spirit? Is there peace with that word? Does it settle with you? And, 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 but, but it's not always as black and white as maybe it would have been in the Old Testament time, but there's, there's something to wrestling with the word and testing everything and holding fast to what is good and what is accurate. One more in this light. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Now again, I'm just gonna echo this again, because I used to be this way. When I didn't understand, I wasn't educated on something, my experience of that something was tainted. So what I didn't understand about prophecy now was that I thought if they spoke anything that was off, that's a false prophet. And it tainted my experience of those prophetic moments. But what I understand now is that we see in part sometimes, we prophesy in part sometimes according to the word, but, but we're, we're, we're growing, we're doing our best. And, and we'll get to in a second that some are more gifted and more called to this specific uh, thing. But we know in part and we prophesy in part. And in verse 12 says, for now we see in a mirror dimly. But then we will see face to face this idea that, that right now, and he, I even spoke to one of our prophets this week, and he said, yeah, you know, it's like sometimes I, I feel like I'm hearing something from God, and then uh, as soon as I step out in faith and I start speaking it, then it becomes more clear, but it is, he resonated with this passage, he said, it is kind of like a mirror dimly at times, but it takes faith, it takes trusting the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing that it's not us just being so confident in ourselves, but actually having to say, God, you have to show up. 
And let me finish the verse. Now we've seen a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then we shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Okay. Moving on. I got to get going here. Next one. Next one. There we go. It's just lagging. You're doing great. Some prophecy is conditional, if then, and some prophecy is absolute. So you remember, like, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will, right? It's an if then. And by the way, if thens are all over the scriptures, okay? So it's, it's okay. Don't be scared by an if then. Sometimes uh, what the Lord is asking you to do, go dip in the water seven times and you'll be healed. And well, I think that's stupid. Okay, don't do it. I mean, you probably won't get healed. You know what I'm saying? And so, and that's what happened. The, he didn't, I think it was Naaman, right? He didn't, he thought it was a stupid idea, but he went and did it, and he was healed. And so, just, just be aware of that as you experience either the sound in two weekends or life in general, because remember, prophecy should be super normal, right? It doesn't just happen on the sound weekend. It really should be super normal. We'll talk about that more in a minute, but as, the, as prophecy is practiced, in our family and in the faith and in the church, um, just begin to listen for that. Like, is the Lord saying, asking something to, to partner with him in this? And there are some prophecies, like, for example, a Messiah is gonna come. Well, you know what? That was gonna happen. And there are some things that God prophesies even now that there's nothing that we're gonna do or not do to make, it's just gonna happen. But you have to be aware that there's, there's both, okay? Number six. There are three general forms of prophecy in the New Testament. Three general forms of prophecy in the New Testament. Go through briefly. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and future declarations. And we'll talk about this. So a word of knowledge would be somebody that, that from God gets a supernatural uh, word about information about your life. And you'll, see, you'll probably see this happen in two weekends. Um, but again, remember, prophecy should be super normal. So anyway, but if, you're, if you are hearing from the Holy Spirit and you're gifted in this way, some, I've seen prophets literally get addresses, names, uh, detailed information about your life. And those are the type of things that we often like ooh and awe about. But really, it doesn't matter. Um, really, it's, it's, it's probably a different message, but it's that bit of information that's gonna open your heart. Like for me, in 2012, I can't tell you how many times in my heart I said, God, if it's from you, I want it. If it's from man, I want nothing to do with it. I said that in my heart so many times, my wife knew it, and Pastor Bob, who's coming this, this in two weeks, Pastor Bob, he stuck his hand on my shoulder, and he said, Craig, you've said in your heart, if it's from God, you want it, and if it's from man, you want nothing to do with it. Well, God wants you to know it's from him, so get on board, and I was like, oh, man. It's like, that's like knowledge about my life. Like, and, I'm, and I'm like, that word of knowledge opened my heart forever. But who cares if a guy knows what you said in your, like, that's not the point. What, what God did for me in that moment was open my heart forever. That's why it's so cool if you can hear a word of knowledge. A word of wisdom would be maybe somebody gets like an impression or a thought or a direct word of something that you ought to do or not do, like a word of wisdom on how to behave or decision to make or something like that. That's what a word of wisdom would be. And then prophecy, prophecy is kind of a funny word because in some ways, this is the way I think about it. Prophecy is like the umbrella over all of them, but prophecy is also one of the things under the umbrella. Specifically, the word prophecy is more about future telling. Okay, so does that make, is that clear? 
Like knowledge, wisdom, and future telling are all prophecy, but future telling explicitly is prophecy. Is that, are we tracking? Okay, let's move on. There are three uh, divisions or, I didn't want to use the word like levels of prophecy, but kind of like, you'll see what I mean, in, in the modern church, okay? There's the spirit, of the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, and the office of a prophet right now, okay? This is what I mean. The spirit of prophecy is that, and, you, and by the way, if you want to read more on this, read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, okay? The spirit of prophecy is this idea that, the Holy Spirit has a portion to all of us, and because we have the Holy Spirit now, the new covenant means that we, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit, that in a sense, Jesus says, you are my sheep and you should know my voice, right? And so if we, if we have the ability to hear from God right now, every, every believer that's filled with the Holy Spirit, in a sense, we at all times can tap into what would be considered prophetic, which is just God's thoughts and God's words and God's heart. So we have that spirit, and any one of us at any time, God could choose to just say, hey, uh, and give you a word for somebody, but it might not be your primary or secondary spiritual gift. Like, I don't think mine is, is healing, but God has used me at certain times to pray for somebody and see them healed. Okay, so that's sort of the same way. Like, that's not my primary thing. I don't normally operate that way, but God's moved through me in that way because I have the Holy Spirit, and, and you too. The second one would be people that have... Uh, you just have seen them operate more often in the gift of prophecy. Like for me, one of my gifts is teaching or preaching, right? My gift is not singing, okay? I mean, on key at least. Like I, it is singing, but not on key. So, um, and so we, we all have gifts that like we, we, uh, we are better at, okay? Does that make sense? So like, so Seth is really gifted prophetically, but we wouldn't probably say that Seth is in the office of a prophet right now, although, although maybe. And there's many of you that, are, that operate more in that way. And some of you don't operate as much in that way, and that's okay because the body of Christ is supposed to have different gifts, but that would kind of be the second level, if I could say it like that. And then the third would be somebody that's operated or, or called to be the office of a prophet. I would consider this to be more of a calling and more of a marking and more of a mantle that God's put upon somebody's life. And so the people that we bring in, just so you know, we, we would only bring in people that we believe and have experienced them to, uh, to be in the office of a prophet. And that would be somebody that, you know, has a track record of proven uh, true words of prophecy. Okay. I got to get flying. I'm sorry. Uh, number eight, love must always be the motivation. See 1 Corinthians 13. Let's move on. Number nine, we ought to desire... <laughs> I mean, love ought to be the motivation for all of them. <laughs> it just should be. And that's why, like, by the way, the Corinthians church, they were like, they had all these experiences, but not a lot of, you know. And so 12 and 14 are all about the gifts, but 13's right there in the middle because if you have all these gifts but have not loved, then it doesn't really matter. You're like a ganging clonk. Clanging gong. A gong, yep. <laughs> Number nine, we ought to desire to prophesy. Pursue love, 1 Corinthians 14.1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. It's okay to desire the spiritual gifts. In fact, you should desire the spiritual gifts. And if you ever find yourself maybe in a season where you're fasting and praying, right, uh, you could ask the Lord for some spiritual gifts. It's an amazing thing. 
Especially, whoa, watch this, that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. Can anybody guess why? Because prophecy builds other people up. That's a good, that's a good word for a, a culture that's pretty self-centered, like all about me, build me up, build me up, build me up. Desire to prophesy because it builds other people up. All right, and number 10, prophecy should be super normal. Prophecy should be super normal. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have God's heart living in us. It should be normal. There are some things in this world that are just natural within the context of normal human behavior. There are things that are supernatural. Only God can do it from the outside of the normal way of life. That's a supernatural occurrence. But for a human being who has a supernatural God living on the inside, supernatural things should be super normal, like prophecy. And so as we're going into this season, we get really, really excited about the sound, and that's a good thing. We're excited, and you know, I don't know about you, but I, I really wanna hear from God. And I really wanna hear from God at the sound, and I really wanna hear from God in my prayer time, fasting, and I really wanna hear from God in 2021. And, um, but as excited as we get for this one weekend, we should be stepping out and stepping into this as a church family more and more and more. It's funny because we have, we have these on-ramps for other spiritual gifts. Like when I first started preaching, I was just fumbling all over the place. But somebody gave me a chance as an 18-year-old and said, hey, just give it a shot, you know, give it a try. And I, I had an on-ramp to fail. And I learned and, I, and I've developed and I'm still developing. But, the, but we have no problem. We have no problem growing in the, in the spiritual gift of teaching. We have no problem with that but sometimes we have a problem with growing in the spiritual gift of the prophetic because we're, we're scared of a word being wrong. I think that we need to maybe get used to, we can believe that God's word is true, especially from somebody in the office of a prophet, but, but I think God wants it more for us as well. And, and you know, here's a good way that I've found to deliver a word instead of thus saith the Lord to you, to just pray for somebody and just say, Lord, if you are sitting right here right now, what, what would you say to Steve? And then just like spend a couple minutes listening and praying. And if you hear something, then maybe just say, hey, Steve, and I felt like I heard this from the Lord. Test it. Might, I, don't, I don't know. It might, you know, and I felt like I heard this from the Lord. That's okay to say. And if you have nothing else to say, just encourage somebody. You're a great looking guy, man. That's encouraging. That's spirit of prophecy. You know? I mean, I don't know if it's from the Lord, but like, it's encouraging. You know, you're a hard worker, Steve. Actually, you're a man of God. You, you are a man of God. You really are. You are one of the most dedicated. Like, if I, when I think about you, I think about a person that you are gonna be true to your family, you're gonna be true to the word, and you are gonna be true to Jesus no matter what. I don't think that anybody hold a barrel of a gun to their, your head, you would ever turn on Jesus. And I know that you've raised your family 
to follow the ways of the Lord too. That's me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That, that's over your life. And um, I did not plan on speaking to Steve tonight. I just, that's just kind of how it works, right? It's just not that. It just should be super normal. So, okay, we, we should take communion together. Um, what I wanted to do, if I could, I know we're late, but if I could just do this. Can I, can I just encourage you? I know that some people might feel uncomfortable with this, but again, it's okay to practice. And if, and if you're off, then you're totally, totally off. Matter of fact, I saw, I saw a Facebook or an Instagram post this week from a freaky accurate prophet who, who just had to say, hey, I want to apologize to everybody that follows me. I, I misheard on this prophecy and he owned up to it. And sometimes that happens. And so it's okay. Don't be scared of failure. But I want to encourage you to just spend some time this week as you're praying. Just think of a family member or a friend. Think of somebody, and as much as you're praying for yourself, could you give somebody else like five minutes of your prayer time? Just just think of somebody and just say, Lord, is there anything that you would want to say to me about blank? And if you don't get anything, it's okay. They probably, they'll never know. But maybe you hear something and then maybe you just give them a call or even a text or, or you see them in person and you just say, hey, I was praying for you. Because here's the thing, even if the word is off, the fact that they knew you were praying for them is gonna encourage them. Wow, you were praying for me? So spend some time praying for somebody. I was praying for you this week and I felt like the Lord was saying blank. And then they'll test it and they'll weigh it and they'll see it. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Lord will use you in a powerful way. So can I, can I, can that be the practical application this week? Is that okay? Will you take that on? Awesome.